0: All right now, you're listening to The Real Texas Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Bronin, just a fed-up taxpayer, bringing you all of your Texas local and national news. Welcome to The Real Texas Radio Podcast. I am Bronin, your host, Thank you for tuning in to another episode, or if you're joining the program for the first time, 1,000 welcomes. Make sure, please, please, please like, subscribe, follow, leave a comment on whatever platform that you are listening in from. I'm on all of the big streaming platforms. You can also catch me on Twitter, RTR underscore Bronin, and I'm going to kick off the show today. I'm going to be talking about Texas local issues per usual. And this is a story out of Dallas. So as you know, the city of Dallas is down. It's up to about 900 cops. We are short 900 cops. And it's basically because the city screwed around horrifically with the pension system about 10 years ago, maybe a little less than 10 years ago. And that sent dallas police scrambling for retirement for other cities where they could make a little bit more money and not have to deal with the prolific horrible homelessness crisis that's going on in dallas and of course it affects many other major cities and suburbs in texas it's a crisis throughout the country and a lot of crime obviously stems from homelessness i won't get into it so much today but Another major issue has been going on for the last couple of years, really since the COVID hoax farce nonsense, which was basically a big bat signal to all of the criminals and lowlifes that they're in charge, that the lunatics run the asylum, that the cops are evil and bad. And many cops, those who stayed, they're so demoralized. Public servants in in general, anybody who has to deal with the public, If you are in an emergency room in a hospital, God forbid, and you have to deal with that crowd coming into the emergency room. If you are an EMT, if you're a firefighter, if you are a teacher, if you're an assistant principal, anybody at all who has to deal with the public, it's very tough. And it's just gotten worse in the last couple of years. It just made so many people feral. And I think that social skills across the board particularly with the younger people with the gen z but i think across the board social skills i think are at an all time low people don't know how to interact with each other they're looking at a phone all day they'd rather be looking at the phone all day than talking to other people and this has just created an environment it's contributed to an environment where the criminals are so brazen we have seen the videos they're all over the internet in places, particularly out in California and San Francisco, but elsewhere, too, in crim- New York City. The criminals, they walk into the drugstore, or they walk into the supermarket, or they walk into the Home Depot, and they, they just grab whatever they want. And they don't care if they're being filmed. They don't care if somebody's yelling at them. And they know that the police are not going to show up for any type of theft like that. They're not showing up now for, it's up into the thousands of dollars. I don't think they're going to show up in Dallas now under these new rules where you can't report a petty crime or a misdemeanor or something that's non-life-threatening, like a car burglary, burglary, which I'm going to get into that in a moment. But you go into the store, you rob whatever you want, you fill up your bags or your backpack or your trash bag with a bunch of deodorant and toothpaste and razors and, and whatever you can sell on the black market and you run out of the store and that's the end of it and the the stores are locking up all kinds of items so that's one behavior but the the car theft right it was obviously during the covid hoax far scam that the thieves we're going after the catalytic converters and that's because the COVID hoax farce nonsense caused all kinds of supply chain disruptions and even now i think it's better than it was maybe 18 months ago but it's still particularly with the vehicles that americans rapaciously consume and nobody can tell anybody that you know maybe you don't need a, a car maybe we should be thinking about other kinds of cheaper, more affordable options. Because all that a car is, is a big money pit, loser investment that just siphons cash out of your paycheck, probably worse than anything else. And so in Dallas here in the State Thomas neighborhood, which is a rather well to do trendy neighborhood, kind of an offshoot of Uptown nestled in between downtown and Uptown. It's got all nice brownstone walk-ups and newer buildings and it attracts yuppies and, and frat boys and those kind of type and people with money and $10,000 dogs. There's nice bars and restaurants over there. It's a nice area, but it has become a magnet very, it it, it's become a magnet very recently for car break-ins and These thieves who are so emboldened, they go into the garages, if it's an apartment complex or a condo complex, and and they just strike. They hit the whole garage. They just bust windows, and they smash and grab whatever they can get. If if, If you're foolish enough to leave anything of value inside of your vehicle, well, and I know I sound like I'm blaming the victim here, but it's just another reason why... I don't like the idea of private vehicle ownership. The only time I think, wow, I wish I was in a car is, yeah, if, if I happen to be on the dark, if I'm on one of the, the trains, the light rail here in Dallas, and it's a homeless den. There's just homeless people everywhere. And not that I think I'm better than anybody, but just when you just see the, the prospect of violence or nuisance uh, could break out at any moment with that population, which it can. Or y- you know that the the homeless they're living on the platforms. And then I think you know what? Sure, yeah. I, th- this is why more Americans are not using the public transit. And th- this is true in this is true throughout the United States, where wherever there is better public transit in Boston, New York, uh, where people rely on it more. And it's just really a shame because in in much of the world, in Paris, France, in Mexico City, the public transit, the subway system, it's it's great. And it attracts a whole a swath from across the socioeconomic brackets. Right. It attracts a lot of professionals. It attracts Uh, families and children and and people really rely on it and it's not overtaken by the homeless bum trash who don't want to participate in civilization even though many of them are getting a crazy check you know they just rapaciously suck at the teat of the taxpayer and it, it just it's it's just really unfortunate in boston The major homeless area, it's known as Mass and Cass, which are their two major thoroughfares that are kind of in the the south end Roxbury area in an industrial zone. There's a methadone clinic down there. And so that's what is really attracting the bums. Also, the, the city hospital is down in that area, the old Boston City Hospital, now known as Boston Medical Center in any case this mass and cast area it's very depressing it's very sad it's all junkies and bums and tents and obviously in the spring and in the summer in the finer weather in boston it it just reaches its peak of nonsense and foolishness and there are a bunch of criminals down there people who have warrants out for their arrest the mayor, and not just the current mayor, who's terrible, but previous mayors, they don't address it, not in any meaningful way. It's worse than ever. The city council there doesn't do anything about it. And now the uh, some of the leaders in the Boston area, they have submitted to the CDC, with the big hoax far CDC organization, for a grant to be able to clean up some of the the sewer water around that area that they believe they suspect has been contaminated by all of the dirty needles and the drug use that is so prolific down in that area. And this is familiar to you from wherever you're listening throughout Texas or in other parts of the country, because you see this behavior going on in your city or your suburb, anywhere you have a highway overpass and our leaders, they they just keep kicking the trash around, and you know wh- when they do that, instead of doing what needs to be done, which is you need to. I think we do have a responsibility, and I think I'm being generous here, but I think that we do have a responsibility, somewhat, to take care of these people. And if you disagree with me, I completely understand, and you have every right to disagree with me. But they're they're not getting jobs. They're not being rehabilitated. They're not going back into the workforce. They don't want to participate in civilization at all. And they're just a big headache. So you know what? Every single dollar that we are sending over to Ukraine for bombs and weapons and drones and killing and destroying and Zelensky's wife's shopping sprees in paris every dollar that's gone over there which is now in the hundreds of billions well i think an equivalent amount should be matched and and you know what i don't think it would cost anywhere near that amount by the way to keep building tiny houses until every single bum is in one and it needs this community needs to be so far away from civilization that the only, that you, you never see a bum again. And as soon as you see a bum, put him in the wagon and send them out to the bum community and they can go drink and drug and disassociate and d- they can do whatever they want. They can fight. They can love. They can walk around. They can pass out. They, I don't care. I just don't want to see it anymore. And that is the only solution, as far as I can see. They, just moving them from this side of the city to that side of the city, to this motel in the middle of downtown, moving them from this park in their tent to this other park in their tent, putting them on a bus, moving them, make somebody else's problem. I want to see a presidential candidate who gets the stones to get up and say, we have 500,000 bums and growing, no more. And you know what? I think it's a problem that's a lot more addressable than the southern border with Mexico, which is also a problem that's addressable, by the way. And another thing that there's just, there is no will. And we our politicians would just much rather talk about transgender care and book banning and Hunter Biden than homelessness and our porous border and fentanyl. They'd much rather talk about those easy subjects. Another few news cycles on abortion. That's much easier. But anyway, I know I went on a big tangent there, but these criminals, these vagrants, these lowlifes who are breaking into cars all over Dallas, all over the country, stealing the catalytic converters, smashing and grabbing whatever they can... And insurance companies, they are jacking up premiums, they are covering less. If, if you have a deductible of, it, it's my understanding, it's very easy nowadays to have a $1,500 deductible even more in that neighborhood. Are you going to put in a claim on your passenger side window that got smashed in? a fifteen hundred dollar claim based on that or are you going to go out and repair the window probably yourself and pay out of pocket for that and still pay the insurance company people are reporting that these thieves are using drills to get in through the door that way ruining the door so it's it's awful i hate personal vehicle ownership i think it's so awful you know, I, I'm fortunate enough to work remotely and but I wake up every day and I give a little prayer of thanks. I am so serious on my worst day in this job. I I remind myself that do you want to get out and do another commute again? You want to commute 30 minutes each way, which I did at one point? Not to mention, I would, I reckon, need to earn $15,000 more per year just to make it worth it for me to buy a vehicle to go to the job and that just incenses me to think that I would have to buy a personal vehicle to go to my job and just have a personal vehicle to transfer me to a job all right moving on i'm i'm going to get into another topic i went to see the barbie movie last week kind of against my will, my husband was very excited to go because, well, do you know any other gay men aside from me who are brave enough to say that they're not interested in seeing the Barbie movie? And really, it's one of those I didn't really have an interest at all. And it's not because of what I saw on social media about the movie getting into politics and feminism. I didn't care about that. I figured... This movie, which is, I, I as far as I can see, has had more hype than perhaps any movie ever in the history of Hollywood. I don't think that is an over-the-top statement. The box office is proof of that. It's, I think, already grossed hundreds of millions of dollars. And my husband initially wanted to go on a Saturday and I, I really resisted that. I said, I don't want to go on Saturday. I don't want to spend 50 bucks to go see this movie that I'm not even keen on. But I'll admit I was mildly curious about it because of all the hype. Okay, the hype, the advertising, it kind of worked on me. All right, let me put it to you that way. But I said, I'm not going on Saturday. It's going to be crowded. And it's difficult to even get a decent seat now. Because most of these movie theaters, you need to book your seat and obviously the seats that go first are in the back center so i said why don't we go on a tuesday and chiefly because it's half price on tuesday so we went to our local theater and there were two screens showing barbie and we go on tuesday and the before the movie was actually nice we went we had a, a dinner we had a nice inexpensive Dinner across the street we had a glass of wine before we went to the theater and it was very civilized it was like a little date it was cute and then we go into the movie and it's not jam-packed but it's a full house It, it it's more full in this theater than i have seen in a movie theater in a long time let me put it to you that way and it's a tuesday and it's mostly younger viewers it's mostly teenage girls teeny boppers right and they're dressed in pink and they're loving it you know what to be honest the a a lot of the jokes air quotes around jokes went over their heads some of these younger people but the, the there were some cool visual techniques right there were some visuals and and the the set design was very cool i appreciated that but the I'd say about 15 minutes in, I was, I wish I had a cyanide pill packed with me. It was mind numbing, most of it. I'm going to play a clip, a very brief clip from the movie that sums up, basically, I would say this was about a third of the dialogue. Here we go. Hi, Ken. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Ken. That was, I'm not kidding, Hey Barbie, Hi Ken. That had to be about a third of the dialogue in the movie. And this movie, it's getting such positive attention for, for everything. For its themes, and for its style, and it, for its comedy, and its humor, and its acting. And it, it was literally Hey Barbie for close to two hours. All right, well, that's enough about Barbie. But it, it was a big skip for me. And, you know, I I made a joke after. If my husband ever thinks I don't love him, he should think back to that time that I went to the Barbie movie and suffered tremendously through it. Because anybody else, if I'd gone with a friend, I would have said, I'm out of here. I would have walked home. I'm not kidding. I wouldn't have sat through it. It was that bad. And I I never am sitting in a movie that I think is that bad. But anyway, I want to talk about the Texas senate race which isn't until 2024 but already it is starting to heat up a little bit here in texas and obviously on the republican side is incumbent ted cruz who is a national figure former presidential candidate and a pretty serious challenger to donald trump back in 2016 especially after he came in first in the iowa caucus well the democrats have deluded themselves into thinking that it's going to be a highly competitive race a landslide against ted cruz who has drawn two challengers including the incumbent u.s rep congressman colin allred former nfl player and colin allred to be completely honest i think he is definitely more formidable than Beto O'Rourke, the uh, the serial panderer. And Colin Allred obviously unseated longtime Congressman Jeff Sessions, who represented Highland Park, some other conservative areas. And he he obviously flipped a red seat blue in Texas, which is no small feat. So I wouldn't dismiss Colin Allred But there's also another challenger, that's Roland Gutierrez, who's coming from the Uvalde area, and he is a state senator representing Uvalde. And I think he's got even less of a shot. He's coming out on a gun reform platform. And Beto O'Rourke, if if he is not a, a template for losing, and what did Beto O'Rourke run on when he was running for president, gun reform? He jumped all over the, the big Walmart shooting in El Paso. He jumped on that like he was jumping on a live grenade, and he thought that was going to be his ticket into maybe at least being in contention in some of the early primaries. And he totally lost. He fell on his face. And he also lost to Ted Cruz in the last cycle for a Senate by well over 100,000 votes, which had Bader Work won by 100,000 votes, the Democrats would have claimed that was a landslide. But because it was Ted Cruz, the Republican, who won by 100,000 votes more than, then it, it was a narrow margin it was a narrow victory of course so they're hoping now and there are already the usual suspects in the mainstream media they're already predicting that texas is going to be flipping ted cruz's seat democrat we'll see ted cruz uh, whatever about him he is he's pretty solid debater and i'm sure that incident back from 2021 when he bailed during the ice storm for Mexico and then blamed it on his daughter. I'm sure that'll come back to bite him a little bit. But that's definitely something to pay attention to. And you know what? These Democrat challengers, I, I would pose to them, you know, where were they? they they're they so loud when, they, when it comes to gun reform or making sure illegal aliens are getting all of the rights and protections and welfare and dignity possible at the taxpayers of texas and the in the u.s at our expense they're all over twitter they're all over social media they they've got the bullhorn out there screaming about that but where were any of these people when when we were fighting some of us few of us were fighting to get property tax relief here in Texas. They, they're they silent about that. They don't care about that. If, if you're a working or middle class Texas homeowner, well, forget about you, sorry, you're the wrong demographic. And, and if you are a middle class or working class Texas homeowner, you probably have a gun by the way, because as we know here in Dallas, we're down 900 cops. And we know in many areas, you're kind of on your own these days. And you definitely want to be protecting your property. Your car isn't safe. Maybe you have a garage. Lucky you. But the bums, they're breaking into the garages, too. So this Gutierrez character, if he thinks he's going to run on the Uvalde ticket, and I'm sorry, and I don't mean to make light of what happened in Uvalde, and I know that we do have serious incidents, horrific incidents involving guns, But you know, we also have horrific, serious incidents involving cars. And you know what, in many cases, they're attracting the same kind of demographic, younger people, these young men, oh, wow, you give a 16 year old, 17 year old, 18 year old, a truck and send them out into the highway with a cell phone. And all of a sudden, you have a car accident. Imagine that. Well, we you know what, we know that we have more than double the amount of deaths related to cars than we do guns homicides let me clarify because we know that about half maybe more of gun deaths are suicide which fine we can agree that that's tragic but you know what if if you're not if you're going to commit suicide and you don't have a gun you got plenty of other options so the the gun insanity is it is overblown to put it mildly especially when we compare it to cars and you know what the the arguments that i hear against the cars is so pathetic and backwards oh well it's an accident if it's a car oh they didn't mean to kill anybody just like the gentleman the the criminal the felon with a huge rap sheet down in brownsville texas the day after the allen mall shooting mowed down and killed an equivalent amount of people as the shooter did in allen but what got all the attention in the press because it was more useful and convenient the the vehicle which both sides of the aisle are addicted to they're addicted to their cars they they don't want to come out against the cars even though you have a constitutional right to a gun you don't have a constitutional right to a car you you're reminded when you're a teenager driving is a privilege right and yet we can't acknowledge that this privilege is responsible for nearly 50,000 highway deaths per year, hundreds of thousands more serious injuries, including traumatic brain injury and burns that don't fully heal. We can't acknowledge any of that. So anyway, I know that it's just the Real Texas Radio podcast that you're going to hear this argument about the perils and the the black hole of passenger vehicle ownership and that the the goal of the car companies is to make you keep buying a new model year after year after year. Anyway, I think I've finished up my rant, so I'll leave you on that note. Real Texas Radio Podcast, like, subscribe, follow, RTR underscore Bronin on Twitter, and I'll catch you on the next episode.